If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Anna Katrin Lieber. Anna's had a dressage and show jumping and eventing background. She's currently focusing on dressage riding training competition, but plans to do more show jumping and eventing maybe in the next year. She's been breeding German riding ponies, and um, she's also coaching students from beginners to advance on her property at Arcadia in New South Wales, Australia. How are you today, Anna Katrin? I'm very well. Thanks, Leonard. How are you? Very good. Very good. All right, now, Anna, have you got a favourite quote you can talk about today? I probably have two quotes I'd like to mention. One I live by has influenced me in my life and also when I ride and work with horses and students. I still remember the day as it was yesterday when I had one of the wonderful conversations about horses with my grandfather, Dieter, mm-hmm. who... Um, was really passionate about horses as well and loved riding. He used to say to me, I can, I want to, and I will do. And this has inspired me, as I believe anyone is able to do anything in life. You just need to find motivation within yourself. Look for the desire of the one thing that really makes you content and happy. Be decisive and have trust to, to take anything in your hands and actually do it with love and perseverance, I guess. (laughs) Mm, mm, So, yeah, that is one quote. And I think that's a good one too for it's not just about horses and what you're going to do career-wise with horses, but it's to do with life, as you said. Yeah. As you said, yes, it has. The other one, I have a, a little gift on my office desk. It's a rubber stamp and basically it's written on it that, you know, don't dream your life live your dream. And this uh, is one of the quotes I really like to live by as well. It was given by me by a close friend years ago in Germany before leaving and immigrating to Australia. Mm, I think that's a good one as well. And and again, you know, a horse one, but one that's a life quote as well about living, don't just dream it, but live your dreams. Yeah, yeah. It's all about taking action and deciding that you're going to do it. Now, Anna, your grandfather, Dieter, he must have been influential on you when you were younger. Do you have like your first memories of when you had anything at all to do with horses, when you first started riding or when you first found horses? Yes, I do. I was born and got involved with horses in Germany. And at the age of eight, I became infatuated with the magic of horses and the beauty of riding. I was not very lucky. I was born into a non-horsey family. Mm-hmm. So I had to work hard to convince my parents to give me the opportunity to enter the world of horses. And so it happened that during home school holidays, which I spent with my grandparents, I had the chance to start 
learning horse riding at a nearby well-known German stud and training center called Gansho. And from that moment on, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. I started riding lessons and um, it took from there. So was that your first moment that you actually had any connection with horses or was there something, what, what sort of brought it on? What are you, what's your very first memories of deciding that you do want to have something to do with horses? Was it like an earlier memory? Yeah. Yes, an earlier memory maybe. It's very hard to say. I just mm. remember wanting to be with horses. Mm-hmm. I might have seen a photograph of a horse on a calendar or in, in a book. I don't remember, but it was just something within me. I needed to, yeah, try it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when you had that first ride on the day, do you remember that? I do, yes. I remember the performance pony I wrote. It was actually a halflinger mare at mm-hmm. that riding school. And she had the kindest eyes and the most beautiful face. And it felt like riding, like the ride felt like floating on heaven. It was such a nice feeling. being able to sit on a horse, such a big animal and powerful animal that, yeah, I just was, I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now you're working with horses and you're teaching and you're breeding horses and everything now. Was it always like that? Were you always going to work with horses or did you have another career, uh, you know, in your step towards working with horses? How did that work out? Yeah, I was, you know, just during the last years of school, I enjoyed competing and training horses. And um, I looked into the education part of being a writer, which takes three to five years yep. of education. But I spoke to my testing coach at the time. And she mentioned that the German Sports University of Cologne offers equestrian sports as a specialization of the sports science degree or, you know, study. Mm. And therefore, I was guided to look into studying at university and studied sports science. Okay. Okay. And specialized with horses? Was there a specialty there with horses? Yes, there was. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. A, a topic in equestrian sports. For sure. So involving dressage and show jumping riding and horsemanship. Yep, yep. Now, when um, people ask you about working with horses, because I'm sure that they do, what sort of core skills or character traits do you think that someone needs to commence that career within their horse industry? I believe that whatever area you like to specialise within the horse industry, you need to have an interest, a passion for horses Mm -hmm. and people. You know, an equestrian coach, I find, needs to have an in-depth understanding and knowledge of horsemanship, horse riding and training principles and the experience of having trained different horses. Um, Also, I find it important to have great teaching skills and organizing skills. Problem-solving skills is a big one (laughs) Mm, that is required. mm. Yeah, being self-motivated. If you do run your own business, no matter if it's a horse riding business or whatever type, I think it's important to be self-motivated and um, hardworking. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you said the organising and the problem solving as well. You know, I think just being able to get everything done within the day, you know, you've got to be the time management and solve problems when they come up as well. Yeah. What do you think then is the best thing about working in the horse industry? I can only talk, you know, from my point of view. So I think I find it very rewarding mm-hmm. to see 
going to achieve the individual riding and horsemanship goals throughout the level, no matter what level they are at. Training horses, the basics, and achieving a partnership with the horse, being successful at competitions. Yeah. Living outdoors, like basically I like working outdoors, surrounded by nature and horses. It's a lifestyle choice. Mm. It's not yeah. only a work choice. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, the you know, you said it's rewarding. It's not just rewarding at the top level. It's rewarding at every level. Very. Yeah. Which I should say it <laughs> yes. should be rewarding at every level. If you're, you know, yes. getting up to a higher level and it's not rewarding, you might have to ask yourself a few questions, you know. Mm. Mm. I agree. <laughs> what about now you talked about your grandfather, Dita. People who've influenced you, who do you think has influenced you and given you a bit of guidance within the things that you do now? I mean, you know, even just to do with the German riding ponies. Why German riding ponies? Why, you know, why are you making some of the choices? So who's influenced you there? I had, as I mentioned earlier, I had regular lessons at various certified riding schools in Germany. Mm -hmm. And throughout the years, I had different coaches at different levels. So there's a big range of coaches that I have been taking lessons from and with. There was one in particular, Miss Westermann from the Westphalian Horse Riding School in Langenfeld. She taught me the correct basics of dressage and show jumping and eventing riding on her well-trained warm blood and German riding ponies, mm-hmm. warm blood mm-hmm. horses and German riding ponies. And <laughs> that was your introduction there. Yeah, yeah. That was good. my introduction. Good. That is correct. And at some point when I was 14 years of age, my parents decided to purchase a German riding pony, which was young. You know, I came across it in the stables where I used to take lessons. And the lady at the time was looking for a rider, a competent rider, who could train up the pony. The pony was three years of age. And uh, who could train up the pony up and through the levels in all disciplines, depending on the talent it had. We didn't know that at the time. And it happened that my parents agreed to purchase that particular pony, who is still around, teaching the beginner and advanced riders at my boutique riding school in Australia. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he is 26 years of age now. Mm-hmm. A very long time. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So he's been a fairly big influence on you then and helped you in your career. Yeah. What about now? Because you've been out competing and doing a bit. Yeah. Mm. I have a um, German riding pony stallion, Vito yeah. Dima. Mm-hmm. I trained him up. He was, when I imported him to Australia, he was two and a half years of age. So I started him, you know, from the ground up, starting him under saddle, training him up to the levels. He's at elementary medium level, so competing medium level this year mm-hmm. and advanced. And yes, he is. This was probably one of my biggest challenges as I training a stallion at that young age sure. to an up the levels. And I feel I have even more special bond with him than I had with the first performance pony I own. Yep. Because I think they say that it's a different bond with the stallion. And I agree, it is. I can hardly describe what it is, but uh-huh. it is different. <laughs> yep. It's his magic, magically, yeah. Yep, yeah, okay. Is that been your proudest moment, though, you know, the work that you're doing with your stallion? Proudest moment, yes. I mean, I competed him against, you know, in open classes, against warm-blood horses and ponies in Australia, and he's been at any competition. He's been very successful, placing in the first, you know, placing first or in the first places uh, range. 
proudest moment with him was probably when we um, we awarded 2016 New South Wales State Dressage Elementary Champion mm-hmm. in the pony classes. Yep. That was yep. one of the proudest, yes. Good. Because all the hard work, you know, or the time you put into and into the partnership with the horse. That's right. It's not just that one moment. That's just a, um, a reflection of all the all the time that you have put in. Yeah, yeah. That is right. Yeah, you know, feeling proud about having started a young horse and training it up through the levels, mm. and then being successful at competitions. It's a progress of it. It's not the moment <laughs> itself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 We got it. Yeah. So thinking about where you are now, you know, because you started off over the other side of the world and now you've, you're coaching students, you're breeding horses here now, the biggest challenge from, you know, the girl who sort of started off with ponies and decided to have a career with horses, has it been the moving? Has it been anything else? What's been your biggest challenge? The biggest and fascinating challenge is and has been, and it still is, training, you know, my stay and training young horses mm-hmm. and trying to achieve a harmonic dialogue with the horse that I find every day it is a new challenge. Apart from that, probably training the stadium, training him up from the from the scratch to where yep. he is now. Yep. Yeah, it was the biggest yep. challenge ever. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. Okay, now for people who have got similar challenges, you know, and they're trying to achieve the same thing. What would you say to them? You know, say someone's looking at you saying, wow, you know, look at Anna, she's doing great, but I'm not. I've got, you know, all these challenges in front of me. What advice would you give them? I would like to say to them that they should not try to specialise too early in one riding discipline. Mm-hmm. because it will help them to develop and broaden their horse riding skills further and make them a better rider in the long run in the chosen discipline. You know, ride as many different well-trained horses to get a better feel. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, mm-hmm. I think. And keep riding lessons up to date, regular with a qualified coach, you know, developing the balanced couple independent feet and the fine-tuned coordinated aid to achieve that harmonic dialogue that we all dream of when we ride our horses. Again, whatever level you are at. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. No, that's good. So because you talked about riders, you know, having a good general and not trying to specialise too early, what sort of things do you think that's going to create? You know, I want to sort of look at a problem here and for riders that do specialise too early, do you think they're just not getting the broader benefit of the dialogue with their horse or what sort of problems do you think that creates? Yes, first of all, I find it is important to take advantage of understanding the horse riding and training principles. Mm-hmm. If you talk about the German training and riding principles, I was lucky enough to go through the whole process and progress of doing so in Germany on well-trained horses. I think being able to feel what feels or is correct movement, for example, and achieving the harmonic dialogue with the horse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a respectful way, in a trusting way with the horse. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now, because you're training riders right through, you're training from beginners through to advanced, but what's a common problem? And you, maybe you see a particular common problem 
with the beginner riders and a different common problem with your more advanced riders. But I'm just thinking about a common problem or a common fault that you might see and if you can talk about how to fix that as well. If it comes to beginner riders, I think if they have been riding somewhere else already, they had a first experience, but this is my experience I'm talking about yep. with my riding people, yep. they come to my place for lessons, they have a trial lesson. I find that they either have made that experience already, they've fallen off or haven't been, you know, mm-hmm. as happy as they want to be when they're riding, but they're yep. keen, they're interested in horses. Yep. Getting them to sit balanced and supple and independent on the horse is for me the biggest priority. And I find it isn't taught in Australia very much mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. when it comes to beginner riders. And do you think that the fact that they're not sitting balanced is a reason that has caused the fall or caused the lack of confidence that if they had, say, come to you in the first place and learned how to get a correct seat, learned on the right horses, that they would um, be in a better place, that they wouldn't have had that fall or wouldn't have lost their confidence? Definitely. I, I believe any fall, any bad experience in the first month riding, first lesson you have, is if, if you try to avoid any negative impact. There's always some, you know, but mm. You don't want it to be a very bad experience that they don't want to come back to riding yep. or they, you know, they're the yep. end of it. Yes, I think it is very important to not only have a balance seat, but a supple seat. And the suppleness not only comes from the balance, but also from your mind. If you tend to be scared, if, you know, if you're very, you will be tight. Your mother will not lose an eye. You, will be, you won't be loose and you can't be supple. Mm-hmm. And therefore you might, you know, you're not sitting as stable on the horse as you want to be yep. and it's quiet. So when it comes to riders who are more advanced, mm. I'd like them to not rush through the levels. It seems in Australia, lots of people have their own horse, for example. They think they want to be at the top level quickly and it's too quick then it's a correct basis and therefore wonder later on why they don't ride as well as they could and the horse isn't as going as well as they could. So, yeah, don't don't rush it. <laughs> okay. Just, okay. It Good. takes time. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, and have you got a book that you could recommend for us? I really recommend the books from the German National Equestrian Federation. There are many of such. For example, The Principles of Riding, mm-hmm. a very good one to have. Then, most likely, Standard Riding from Sally Swift. Yep. And so on. There are lots of books. You could read biomechanics and physiotherapy of horses when it comes to horse training, the psyche of the horse by Thiel, for example. I think read as many books as you can, mm. but choose the right ones okay. that you can understand clearly and then talk about what you've been reading with your coach. You know, I think because you've given us four books there, and I know that the German National Federation, just the principles of writing, I think that's one of our most popular books. And those books, if the listeners are interested, are on um, on the Horse Chats website, and I think it might be horsechats.com slash books. But if you go to the Horse Chat website, the recommended books are there. And, you know, if you're having a bit of trouble getting hold of where they are, there's links through to where you can get them from as well. Okay, so that's great, you know, just to have those four books. And I think that will get them started and um, they might be able to have a look at some of those other books as well. Now, I know next year you had said that you were talking about, you know, getting your, is it your stallion that you're going to do the show jumping and eventing on? Yes, really. And I have a few young ones. Young, oh, good. Young 
from yep. the process that I'd like to start presenting. As yeah. well, yeah. So that's the main things that you're looking forward in the next year or so? Oh, no, that's not the main thing. That's <laughs> just one of them. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm really excited to further support the development of my students. Mm-hmm. I'd like to enable the students to write well and safely, you know, by learning the German horse riding principles of riding and training. I'm thrilled to give young passionate riders the opportunity to train and compete on my way trained with their horses mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, also, you know, I can't wait to perform and present the performance ride, performance ponies at the Sasha jumping and eventing competitions yep. this year. Yeah. Oh, looking cool. forward to the state championship. Good. Okay, as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Successful one last year. So yeah, I can I can imagine you'd be looking forward. Yeah. Now if you can sum up your philosophy with horses in a few sentences, that would be great. I like to inspire riders to achieve and harmonic dialogue with the horse by enticing mm-hmm. and enabling them to ride from the center of their bodies and training the horses by using a logical thorough German riding training principle system based on classical horsemanship. So, you know, ride and train with the, with the right mindset and not, not rushing it through the levels and learning the correct basics. Mm, mm, good, good. Now, Anna, if people would like to contact you, how can they contact you? What's the best way? Uh, the best to get in touch with me is always giving me a call. I like that. I'm old style. <laughs> I like being called and I have a personal conversation. Okay, good. Good. Also via email to my website, com, or via Facebook PM. Brilliant, brilliant. And those details will be on the Horse Chats website as well. So it'll be horsechats.com slash Anna Katrin Lieb, or else just go to Horse Chats and even if they search for German riding ponies, I'm sure that they'll find you or, you know, or Anna or Katrin or Lipke, any of those words. That's wonderful and been very good talking to you today and, um, you know, wish you all the future, all the luck this year. I think it'll be exciting to see how you're going and like to get you back sometime soon to just see how you're going with them and um, tell us a little bit more about a few other things. Okay, so thanks very much for today, Anna. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. That's okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 